Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, I've got a bit of an update. It's going to be a bit of good news, bad news, for Mystery is My Hobby. I'd hoped uh, that we would actually be able to play Mystery is My Hobby all the way through the end of this season. However, there were some episodes from later on in the series uh, that, that were labeled later on anyway that I hadn't listened to. And on listening to them, they do appear to be duplicates of episodes we played previously. And so this is going to reduce the amount of time we have Mystery is My Hobby on the podcast by about two and a half months. Now, we had a lot of previously uncirculated programs that we were going to be playing on Tuesdays after the Fat Man ended. I will be moving four weeks of programming over to Thursdays, which I think will make you know what we do on Tuesdays work out a little better. And then after that, we will have a week where we'll be presenting to you Billy Swift, Boy Detective. And then we'll be getting into Philo Vance about a month, maybe a little more early. Now, this does move us closer to uh, the time when we will actually go uh, back from uh, doing six programs of Great Detectives a Week down to doing five, which will still be a couple years away. And this will be due to a shrinking supply of available detective episodes. And I intend to replace A Day of Great Detectives with some other podcast option. Right now, the front runners would be Old Time Radio Adventure or Old Time Radio Science Fiction. And in either case, it would be a once-a-week podcast. And we would alternate between doing... uh, a particular adventure series or science fiction series and doing anthology stories. Now, I would love to hear what you would uh, prefer or if you have another really uh, big idea for what a new podcast uh, could be. Again, this is a couple years down the road, but I kind of want to start thinking about this because, you know, I'm going to want to sample some different programs and different genres. So if more people are leaning more towards adventure or more towards sci-fi, that'll kind of inform some of the listening choices I make over the next couple of years. So your feedback's welcome. Uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I'm sure I'm going to be adding some links on social media. Uh, but that just that uh, bit of housekeeping to get out of the way. And let's go ahead and dig into today's episode of Mystery is My Hobby. And the title is Ghosts Didn't Walk. Mystery is my hobby. Ladies and gentlemen, Barton Drake speaking. For tonight's drama, I've selected case history number 113 from my book, Mystery is My Hobby. I call it The Ghost Didn't Walk. Very 
the idea of staying this late, Ruth Lambert. You know what time it is? Of course I know. It's going on midnight. That's what time it is. Listen to that creature. Gives me the creeps. Wish we was home. We'll be pretty soon. Taking a shortcut. I know. Can't fool me going past the old Harlan place. What was that? Oh, nothing but old Screech Owl. Ghost. Old Harlan house is haunted. I wish you'd stop going to them seances. Besides, somebody living in the Harlan house now. No, it. Peggy Thatcher's living there. That gar- gal that come down from the city living there alone. It ain't decent. Oh, dagnab them critters. Besides, Polly Fuller seen it. Ghost comes flitting around the old Harlan front porch, all white and shiny. Well, Russ Gordon's been living right across from the old Harlan house for 50 years. He ain't never seen no ghost. <laughs> Russ Gordon's always blind drunk. Funny. What's funny? Miss Gordon's got a light on. Any law against that? But but it's midnight. Wrap that owl. Ruth! Ruth! Oh, for heaven's sake, woman. Look. Ghost. I won't believe in any ghost till I see one. I see it! Up there on the Harlan porch, just like Polly said. It's all white and shiny. Look, it's it's flitting around by the side of the house. And, and it's climbing in the window. Come on, Ruth. Where are you going? I ain't going past that house. Not me. Now, Lucy, you're, you're letting your imagination... We're get... going to Russ Gordon's. Make it put us up for the night. Well, maybe Russ ain't home. With this light on? Ruth, are you crazy? Oh, don't wait for knocking. We'll just go right in. Door's locked. Locked? Oh, it can't be. Russ never locked the door in his life. Nobody's locked doors in Minton. Russ... Russ, let us in. It's Ruth and Lucy. He ain't talking. Stiff, I'll bet. Well, come on. We can look in the window. The shade's up. Bet he's sleeping one off. Get up real close, like. Yeah, there he is. He's lying on the floor. What I tell you? Sows to the ears. Russ! Russ, wake up. It's me and Ruth. Hey, come on, Russ. Wake up. Hey. Hey, wait a minute, Lucy. What's the matter, Ruth? Ain't no more use of calling, Lucy. Huh? Look. A knife. <coughs> a sticking right out of his chest. Barton Drake stood in front of his full-length mirror and admired the splendid tailoring of his new pinstripe gray suit. Carefully, he adjusted his tie straightened out the pleats in his handkerchief, and patted the bachelor button in his coat lapel, and was pleased with the ensemble when... Hey! Hey, Bart! Come in, Inspector, come in! Hey, Bart! You know my door's never locked. Bart, I got a telegram for you. It says... So, Inspector, now you're reading my mail, are you? Oh, it came for you down at headquarters. Oh, I see. It's from Finn McNutt. You remember the constable at Menden, that place where we were last summer? Finn McNutt? (laughs) How could I ever forget him? I wish I could. Him and his whiskey. What does he say? What does he say? That uh, don't make sense. Well, read it. Well, it says murder, knife, ghost, need help, don't bring the old goat. Hmm, very interesting. Why don't he explain it in detail? Ah, it's a telegram, Inspector. Ten words as a rate. Oh. What's that old goat mean? Why, uh, that must be you, Inspector. What is it? Why, that beard... What do you say we uh, take a run down there, hmm? Not me. I'm not welcome. Says so right here in the telegram, don't bring the old goat. That, Inspector, is just Finn McNutt's cute little way of making sure that you will come. 
And now, back to Glenn Langan for the second act of... Mystery is my hobby. Menden, here we come. Huh, what a dump. Hope that bullheaded old grasshopper's home. Hmm, but if the good constable's working on a case, he'll more likely be at his office. We'll stop there first. Well, he'd better not start insulting me the way he did the last now, time. Now, Inspector, if I remember correctly, you more than held your own on that verbal exchange. Well. Huh, here we are. Hidden McNutt, constable and leather goods. Murder, knife, ghost. Ghost? Even Finn McNutt has more sense than to believe in ghosts. I wonder what they really mean. Well, we'll know in a minute, Inspector. There's the old boy now. Yeah, sleep in the chair. Mm. Just the way we left him last time we were here. Excellent, Inspector. I'll give you the pleasure of waking him up. And what a pleasure. Call me an old goat, Willie. Watch this, Mark. Now, be careful. Hey, what? <laughs> Who done that? I did, Whiskers. That'll teach you to call me an old goat. Oh, oh, it's you, is it? Big shot from the city. The great Inspector Denton. Well, that little shenanigan's gonna cost you just five bucks. What for? Shoot no firearms inside the city limits. City ordinance number 1,400 and two. Come on, I'll fork over. <laughs> I'm afraid he's got you there, Inspector. Go on, pay the man. Why, you... Well, all right, here. But I'll get even with you, you unshaven, unkempt, uncouth excuse for... Hey, careful now. We got an ordinance again, vitriolic language, too. Yeah. Howdy, Mr. Drake. Good evening, Constable. Told you in my telegram not to bring that old goat with you. Now, you take it easy with the inspector. And what do you mean, if you don't mind, by that telegram, especially that part about murder, knife, and the ghost? Hmm? Yeah, take it word by word. First, the murder part. Yes. Color murdered was Russ Gordon. So, and who established the fact that he was murdered? I did. Had a knife sticking out of his chest. That's the knife part. Uh-huh, but uh, couldn't it have been suicide? People have been known to commit suicide, you know, even with such a reprehensible weapon as a knife. No, don't suicide. I got the motive. Oh, good for you. What was it? Robbery. Five thousand bucks was missing. Five thousand dollars? Don't he ever say nothing except when money's mentioned? <laughs> Why, you... Constable, was this, uh, Russ Gordon, is that his name? Was he in the habit of having five thousand dollars lying around where anybody could steal it? No, he wasn't. Never had no money lying around, except on the day he was killed. I lent it to him. Where did you ever get 5000 You loaned it to him? Yep. His place was being sold for taxes, so I lent him the money to pay him off. Took his promissory note until we could have a mortgage uh, made out. I see. Well. Now, what about this ghost business? That's the crazy part. Ain't no such thing as ghost. Yes, of course. We know that. But that was the third word in your telegram. How about it, Constable? Well... Folks claim to see one. Lucy Lambert says she's seen the ghost of dancing around on the Harlan front porch. Says it's all white and shiny. Fire coming out of its eyes and the nose. Long, green, shimmery tail. <laughs> and did Lucy's husband agree with her story? No. He thought there's probably the milkman. <laughs> hey, see, what's the matter with old Hatchet Face there? He ain't saying very much. Oh, Why? the inspector? Well, Constable, you know, I kind of keep my eye on him if I were you. I've got a hunch he's figuring out some ways and means to get even with you. <laughs> Be a long day before he does that. There's a couple more words in that telegram, Constable, that you haven't explained. Yeah? What's that? You said you needed help. It seems to me you're doing pretty well by yourself. Well, of course I need help. I want you to get me my money back. Mm-hmm. 
Where are we going, Bart? Out to the scene of the crime, Grandpa. Ain't that where an investigation ought to start? Tell me, Constable. Have you figured out any suspects as yet? Yep, have. The day after the murder, a fellow by the name of Joe Stewart showed up in town. Five thousand bucks in his jeans. Oh? Who was this Joe Stewart? A stranger in town? Nope. Lived here all his life. Used to be Russ Gordon's partner in the blueberry growing business. That there land of Russ's mighty fine blueberry land. Used to be his partner? Why isn't he Russ's partner now? Uh, he quit last year. Went to buy a place of his own. I see. And you think that Joe killed his ex-partner to get the 5000 hmm? No, but don't. Joe Stewart ain't one of my suspects. Whiskers, you don't make sense. And you ain't got any. Well, you... <laughs> no, Mr. Drake. Uh, Joe Stewart borrowed that there money from a friend of his. Uh, Joe'd heard about Russ needing the money. Mm. So Joe borrowed the money to help Russ out. They're still good friends. Well, looks like this Russ fella had a lot of good friends. He did. Nice fella. Joe never got a chance to lend Russ the money, though. Russ was killed before. What was the name of this fellow who loaned Joe the money? Mark Conrad. Well, how do you know Joe ain't lying? I asked Mark. Oh. Are you satisfied, Inspector? Grandpa talks awful foolish sometimes. Well, this Joe Stewart isn't your suspect. Who is? This here's the place, Drake. Better stop. All right. I asked you who you did suspect, Whiskers. People by the name of Lucy and Ruth Lambert. Oh, aren't they the ones who discovered the body? Yep. They was the only ones who knew Russ had that 5,000 bucks, too. How did they know it? Because they was the witnesses to my promissory note. Uh, that the haunted house over there? Yep. That's old Harlan place. Oh, that's strange. It looks like it's occupied. It is. City gal lives there. Just bought it. Name's Peggy Thatcher. Peggy Thatcher? Not Peggy Thatcher, the commercial uh, artist. Yeah, I guess that's one. She's always drawing pictures. Yeah. Sound like you know her. Yes, I should say I do, and quite pleasantly, too. Well, Inspector, I'll have to pay her a visit after we get through with this mess. Don't do you no good this afternoon. Works in the city. Don't get down here much before seven. Oh, that's a shame. Well, uh, let's go on in. Now, uh, there's where the body was lying, right over there. Oh, I see you've outlined the body with chalk. Yeah? I know something about modern methods. <laughs> I bet you forgot to look for footprints. I sure didn't. There weren't any. How about the knife? Any uh, fingerprints? No. Cleans the baby's neck. You haven't touched anything, I suppose, Constable. That is, outside of removing the body. Well, of course not. What's this over here? Uh, just a busted milk bottle. I'm sure I don't have to ask you, but you had the pieces tested for prints? Yep. Covered with prints. Well, now you're getting somewhere. All of them rushes. Oh. There's one thing that bothers me a bit, Constable. Yeah, what's that? When we came in here, I noticed that you opened the door and walked right in. You didn't have to unlock it. That's right. Nobody in Minden ever locks a door. Yes, but isn't that a bit risky in view of this, uh, this event? Can't you see it is, Mr. Drake? This here door was locked the night Russ Gordon was murdered. <laughs> Inspector, for once in your life, I'm afraid you're uh, excess baggage. Huh? What do you mean? I mean, I'm calling on Peggy Thatcher, and uh, I don't remember inviting you. Well, that's the way you feel about it. I'll just sit out here in the car and wait. Oh, no, no, no. Now, you come on in, Inspector. I'm afraid you might have to wait too long. Come on. <laughs> I don't want you to get in any trouble, that's all. Well, Peggy's home, I guess. The lights are on. Yeah. 
I don't see any sign of the ghost. You don't, Inspector? Well, it must be around here somewhere. This house is haunted, you know. <laughs> Inspector, what are you trying to do? Frighten Peggy out of her wit? <laughs> over a bunch of milk bottles. Yes, and you did it, you see? You did it. Hey, hey, hey. Huh? Lights went out. Come on, Inspector. We better get in there. Something's wrong. Door's locked. Huh? <clears throat> I thought everybody kept the doors unlocked in Menden. Break it down, Inspector. I don't think I'll need to. One of these snap locks. Think I can open it with my fingernail file. Well, all right, but hurry, hurry. It's all quiet in there now. That's what I'm afraid of. Hurry. It... There. There, I get it. Very careful, Inspector. It's very dark in here. You're telling me and me with my flashlight batteries down. Oh. Inspector. Ran into a chair. Peggy! Peggy Thatcher! Where are you? Hey, Bart. Yes, Inspector? I run into something. Inspector, not... Something soft like a... Well, reach down. See what it is. It's a... It's a... Ah, oh, nuts. It's a cat. Come on. Come on. This way. Oh, there's a door. Peggy. Peggy, are you in here? Who are you? Stand where you are. Stand where you are or I'll shoot. <laughs> And now back to Glenn Langan for the third act of... Mystery is my hobby. Now, now, Peggy. Everything's all right. Oh, Bart, I was so frightened. Mm, it must have been. I can see you're still trembling. I was ironing. The fuse blew out. Everything went dark. Then I heard somebody kick over the milk bottles. I went panicky, I guess, and I screamed. There, there, darling. Uh, Inspector, will you go fix the fuse? Huh? Uh, yeah, sure. I know when I ain't wanted. Would you rather I wouldn't come back? Inspector, stop being childish. Bart, when I heard you monkeying with a lock on the front door, I was petrified. <laughs> no, I don't blame you, darling. Ah, Peggy, it's so good to see you again. Hmm. A fine one you are, never calling a girl up. Oh, darn it, the lights. Yes, the inspector evidently found the fuse box. Oh, honestly, Bart, this has been one of the most trying days. That murder and all of those other things. What other things, Peggy? Oh, I don't know. I, I can't explain them exactly. When I come home at night, I'll find a chair clear over on the opposite side of the room from where I'd left it in the morning. You're positive the chair's been moved? Yes, I am. Hmm. I thought someone had been coming in the house while I was away. So I had that spring lock installed. Yes, I noticed that. And uh, this business still went on, hmm? Oh, you're back, are you, Inspector? In person. Yes, and not only that, but I'd find lights turned on. When I was positive, I turned them off. And one night I came home to find a fire all lit in the fireplace. Well, evidently, Peggy, you're not one of these trusting souls in Menden who always leaves their doors unlocked. Ah, I had a special reason for keeping them locked tonight. What's that? The money. What money? I just sold one of my pictures. But I got the unbelievable sum of $5,000 in cash. $5,000? Hey, somebody's coming. Expecting anybody, Peggy? I know. I... Turn up the lights. What? Turn up the lights. I'll peek out of the window, Inspector, and see who it is. Okay. Can you see, Inspector? Yep. Do me a favor, will you? Don't answer it. <laughs> Check the milk bottle. <laughs> He's trying to break in. Yeah. Now, Bart, turn on the light. Right. 
Hey, what in the name of... Well, if it isn't old whiskers. Why, you old goat, what are you doing sitting there in the dark? You got a warrant to search this place? Well, of course I haven't. I don't need a warrant. Why, I know Piggy here like Better she... give me my five dollars back, and while you're at it, you can add another five to it. What do you take me for? You broke the law. So did you. Sneaking in a place like you just did is called illegal entry. It's a state law, and it's on all the statute books. And it's a pretty serious offense. Why, you... I'm I, afraid the inspector's right, Constable. You'd better pay the man. Why, I... I just seen the lights go off. Mm-hmm. Then when nobody answered my knock, I thought something was wrong, so Come I, on, come I, on. I, cough up, cough up, or go to the lockup. <laughs> well, all right. Here. Mitch, you just wait, Grandpa. I'll get even with you. Uh-uh. I'm not going to give you another chance. Uh, hello, Peggy. Hi. You fun meeting an old friend? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Peggy. And now, what about this $5,000? Yes? You know, of course, that Russ Gordon was murdered for $5,000. Oh, I know, Bart. I didn't. Where would poor old Russ get that much money? Well, the constable here loaned it to him. I don't believe it. Constable McNutt never had $5,000 in his whole life. Why, are you... You told uh, Peggy that you'd loaned Russ $5,000, didn't you, constable? Didn't you? Well, no, of course I didn't. I didn't tell nobody. Nobody at all. I didn't tell nobody anything about that crime. I kept all the evidence under my hat. Do you agree with that, Peggy? Why, I... Of course I do. You know, of course, that you're having $5,000 in your possession at this particular time is pretty strong circumstantial evidence. Oh, Bart, you're not accusing me of murder. I... No, 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 I... don't start crying, Peggy. You get tear stains all over that beautiful white negligee. <laughs> You're Joe Stewart, aren't you? Yeah. Who are you? I'm Barton Drake, a friend of Constable Finn McNutt. Well, I'm glad to meet you. Have a drink? No, I was just going to buy you one. Well, thanks. Hey, Bill, make mine the same. Well, you have, Drake. Oh, just a glass of water. Finn tells me you borrowed $5,000 to lend to Russ Gordon to help him pay his taxes. Yeah, I did. Poor Russ. You must have thought quite a lot of the old man. I did. Taught me all I know about the blueberry business. Too bad he was killed before you had a chance to give it to him, huh? Yeah. Maybe I would have if he hadn't locked his door that night. You know, Joe, it's a funny thing. I've been trying to figure out just why Russ locked his door that night. What everybody tells me, nobody ever locks their doors in this town. I guess it was because he was worried about that money the constable loaned him. <laughs> if I'd have known about it, I wouldn't have had to take the trouble to borrow my 5000 <laughs> Well, thanks very much, Joe. And have another drink on me. Try my brand. It's very special. It's called An Angel's Kiss. Hello there. You're Ruth Lambert, aren't you? Yep. You're Barton Drake, the detective. Right. Yeah, Finn McNutt pointed you out. How's your good wife, Lucy? In bed. Sight of that murdered body and the ghost put her under the covers. Lucy's got a weak stomach. Oh, I'm sorry. Then she hasn't had a chance to talk to a soul since last night, huh? Nary a soul. Breaking her heart, too. Had to miss last night's seance. How about you, Ruth? I suppose you've told everybody about uh, everything that's happened. Nope, no. I sure wanted to, but the constable told me he'd arrest me if I didn't button my lip. Hmm. Well, thanks, Ruth. And now I wonder if uh, you'll do me a little favor. I sure. I'm glad to. Fine. Will you tell the constable to have everybody who's connected with this case up at Peggy Thatcher's place tonight? 
I uh, think I'll be able to arrest the murderer. Good evening, everybody. Peggy, I've already told you about Russ Gordon being murdered and his $5,000 stolen. Yes. And coincidentally, you claim that you sold a picture for that same amount, $5,000 in cash. I did, and I can prove it. You won't have to, my dear. Ruth? Uh, 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 yes? You and your wife, Lucy, knew that Russ had that money, didn't you? I sure we did. Uh, we seen Finn McNutt give it to him. And me and Lucy witnessed the note. Well... Constable, that seems to put it squarely up to you. Talk your way out of this one, Whiskers. What do you mean? The 5000 that you lent Russ. Nobody will ever believe you had 5000 Oh, I didn't, eh? How about that reward for that case you and me solved last May? Good, I surmise that's where you got it. And now, you, Joe. Yeah? Have you got a haunting license? What do you mean? It was you who haunted this house, you know. Moved chairs, turned on lights, built fires and fireplaces. Why would I want to do that? Because you wanted Russ Gordon's property. You wanted it very badly. It was the best blueberry land around here. And you had a chance to get it cheap, too. You could buy it for taxes. What's that got to do with a haunted house? You knew the town folks were a superstitious lot. And if you could make Peggy move out and convince them that the house was haunted, nobody would bid on Russ's place for love nor money. Yeah, but Russ had the money to pay his taxes. In here, loan it to him. Five thousand bucks. Yes. He did have it. Until you killed him and stole it from him. Put the handcuffs on him, Inspector. You're nuts. You couldn't prove that in a million years. Couldn't I? Well, then, will you please explain to the assembled guests how you knew that Russ Gordon's door was locked on the night of the murder? Nobody knew that, you know, except Lucy and Ruth Lambert, my good friend the constable, and the murderer. And now, back to our star, Glenn Langan, for the conclusion of... Mystery is my hobby. But the ghost, Drake. How about that ghost? Yeah, the ghost. What was it? Milk bottles, Inspector. Milk bottles? Yes, those things you were forever kicking out over there on the front porch. And speaking of milk bottles... Russ Gordon was just putting one out when you knifed him, wasn't he, Joe? Yeah, he was. Tried to hit me with it, but it slipped from his hand and busted a million pieces. It's a ghost, Drake. What's that got to do with milk bottles? Shut up, Whiskers. Let Bart tell it. Well, you see, when our friend Joe here started haunting Peggy's house, she had a new spring lock put on the door. Right, Peggy? Right. Now, Peggy was always forgetting to put the milk bottles out before she went to bed. So when she remembered, she'd have to get out of bed to do it. Well, she'd forget about that new lock. The door would slam shut, and Peggy would have to climb in the window in order to get back into the house. That happened at least three or four times, didn't it, Peggy? Yes, but how did you figure that out? Yeah, he's good at figuring out things. And the ghost was only Peggy in her nightshirt? <laughs> yes, I'm afraid it was. And now, if you don't mind, uh, Peggy and I are going in the other room. Come on, Peggy. Mm -hmm. I want to speak to you alone. Well, I shouldn't. After you practically accused me of murder. Please come. Maybe I can get you to forgive me. Hmm. 
just a minute. What are you locking the door for? You really were devastating in that white negligee, Peggy. Don't you know that nobody ever locks their doors in Menden? Yes, I know, but right at this moment I'm afraid. Bart, afraid of what? Well, this is a point where the inspector usually comes in and asks if uh, mystery is my hobby. Welcome back. Well, that was a different ending. Uh, I did like the sort of a sequel aspect of the story. And with uh, Inspector Danton having uh, the constable both to ride and to ride him, it was a bit of a fun dynamic. It did make me miss uh, Norman Field, but it still worked as it was. Thank you to Chris, Patreon supporter since February 2019, currently supporting us at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support. And uh, that will do it for today. If you do enjoy this podcast, be sure to rate it wherever you download your podcast or to uh, leave a review. And join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And then next Thursday, another episode of Mystery is My Hobby. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.